welcome to Sellersburg United Methodist Church podcast, where we bring our mission to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world to you, wherever you are. So you've heard the word, you've heard from the book of Job, and so we're going to dive into a series that's going to spend four weeks on the book of Job, and the series is called Born to Trouble. We will focus on the important questions that the book of Job walks us through, guides us, particularly when it comes to us as humanity working with our faith in God amidst trouble, amidst trouble. This weekend is such an appropriate weekend for us to focus on tragedy because we are honoring those who lost their lives 20 years ago, September 11th, 2001. And so we, we've brought a lot of solemnity and silence and remembrance and honor over this weekend. Uh, for many of us, we have a wound from that day that we revisit every year. And for some of us, we have no memory of that day, but we're still able to connect through the ways that we offer up our honor and remembrance together. And so even if you don't remember that day, you're still connected to it, particularly with all that was done yesterday uh, to commemorate and to, and to spend time uh, not forgetting. And so tragedy is nothing new. It's nothing new to humanity. It doesn't take away the sting. We still find difficulty grappling with it, facing it, evil, death, fear, devastation. They're as much a part of our world today as, as they've ever been a part of the world of humanity and all of our existence. So the question isn't whether those things are going to come. They will. The question is how do we as Christians navigate a life among such difficult seasons and events. I mean, what does our faith have to say to a hurting world amidst a great deal of tragedy? When I was a child, maybe you relate to, to my experience and that I thought if I did everything good, if I behaved the right way, well, then nothing bad would happen. God would take care of me. God would bring blessing. Um, I'd be protected from tragedy. Of course, it didn't take too long in my childhood and my young adult years to learn that that's not the case. When tragedy strikes, so many people lose their faith because what they're losing is this sense of protection. And they don't know how to, how to grapple with it with faith. I mean, what do you do when you face tragedy when you think that that's not going to happen because of your faith in God? We think bad things don't happen to good people. And unfortunately, we see this kind of thinking even among adults today, among prominent leaders that always have an answer for why something bad has happened. They're always willing to offer up the why and, and even put their reputation behind it. It's a strange thing. They'll say, well, you know, this hurricane happened to this area because of their behavior or because of maybe a law they passed or because of who they voted for or because of what country they're from, or, or this earthquake occurred because of this people's troubled past. Or they might say that this particular group of people did this horrible, terrible thing because of the faith they practice. It's the wrong faith. Or maybe someone said to you, one day you'll understand why your loved one died from a disease or was stricken with some sort of tragic circumstance. You'll understand one day. Maybe you've heard 
something along those lines uh, when you've experienced a hardship. Now, I, don't, I don't have ill feelings towards people that offer those kinds of answers, but I do understand how scary it is to feel out of control, and for many people, they would rather find an answer, even if it makes no sense, than to admit that sometimes bad things just happen and there's no predicting it and there's no seeming reason. There's a randomness to it. Um, it doesn't take any group of people long to establish a simple truth. Bad things happen to good people. Tragedy can happen to anyone, anywhere. And all groups of people, every group of people, have committed and done awful things thinking they were in the right. So how do we reckon these facts with a faith in God who's all-knowing, who's all-powerful, all-present, and good? In another quest to have control, some think that this world is just a lost cause and we're, our faith is only about us surviving it, enduring it, until we can escape and go somewhere else, which that's not the story of the Bible in any way. This world is good. The Bible is clear. It was created good. Goodness exists in it. And the kingdom of God is present and active today, right now, through Christ, through the church, through the Holy Spirit. One day, all the world and all the people in it will be united and, and renewed, and all of creation will be remade in the form of the kingdom of God, we'll all share in it together. That's where we're headed, on this earth. So how, how do we reckon this fact with a God who's all-powerful, all-knowing, all-present, and who's good? The book of Job brings us into this conversation in a beautiful way. Uh, this book addresses the reality that bad things happen, and there aren't simple answers. Many things will happen to us or to people we know of or love or don't know, and we'll never have an understanding. It also speaks against, directly, the false notion that blessings only come to those who are righteous, and if you're righteous, you will receive blessings, and if you're being cursed or experiencing tragedy, well, it's because you weren't righteous. I mean, it speaks directly against that kind of thinking because that kind of thinking was present then just as much as that kind of thinking is present now. And our attempts to feel in control, to be full of sound answers. I'm sure you've heard or participated in such conversations about the book of Job, but maybe focused on, was Job a real person? And there's been heated arguments about, yes, of course Job was a real person, and no, Job wasn't a real person. Or did God really make a wager with the Satan just to see what Job would do? Or another question is, is the book of Job true history or not? Fun questions, but honestly, these questions miss the whole point. If you're pursuing answers to these types of questions, you're just simply trying to gain control. And that's understandable. We all do that. Frankly, focusing on these kinds of questions just misses the point, and I invite you, 
over the next four weeks to read the whole book. We're not going to read the whole book in our worship services, but I invite you to read it. It's a long book. Spend some time reading it and allow the facts and the story itself that we are born into trouble. Um, speak. Let the book speak for itself. Today's passage is, is quite disturbing for many people if we're actually really reading it and thinking on it. Uh, the bulk of the passage is a repeat of the first chapter. We started with verse 1 of the first chapter, skipped the rest of chapter 1, and jumped into chapter 2, which just sounds a lot like what happened in chapter 1. So to catch you up, at the beginning of chapter 2, Job has already lost everything. Possessions, children, it's all gone. It's been destroyed. And so we step onto the scene when the divine council is present once again, the Satan or Satan is part of this group, part of the divine council, a prosecutor or accuser is sometimes how we refer to the Satan. And God says, where have you been? And the Satan says, well, just walking to and fro on the earth, just wandering around here and there, wherever the wind blows, you know, randomly. It's kind of how the the phrasing is spoken. Now there's a debate about whether someone can exist that is honest, absolute integrity in everything that they do, someone who reveres God and avoids evil. I mean, this is, this is how Job is lifted up, as this type of person, blameless and upright, reveres God, avoids evil. And there's a debate between God and the Satan of, is that really true? Does someone really exist? Is that even possible? And then there's a wager between God and the Satan about who's correct, about why, why Job could manage to achieve this kind of status. Um, because it's been impossible for anyone else up to this point. So do you see the deeper question at work in the passage? How much of our time have we spent pursuing to be the thing that Job, as the character, is? How much time have we spent trying to be blameless or honest, as you could say it? How much time have we spent trying to be upright? Or the way to understand that is to have absolute integrity in all that we do. Or to revere God always and to always avoid evil. Now, if you're like me, you've failed at all these things many times. But even if we could accomplish that goal, reach that point, we could even question the reason. It's what the book is lifting up. Don't bad things still happen to these types of people, if it even existed? Don't we struggle with the temptation to think we know that there is one, a reason that can be identified and understood behind bad things happening, or two, just a simple solution or response. Essentially, the Satan talks about Job's privilege. The idea that, well, yeah, Job's lost everything at this point, but still has his health. So, of course, he's not going to turn against God. He's not going to lose his status because he still has his health. It's so easy for him versus other people who have poor health. So you take that away, God, and we'll just see what happens, the Satan says. And God says, have at it. Just don't kill him. It's strange, isn't it? It's a strange story. Not probably the place we'd turn to first if we were trying to have a friend be introduced to the Bible and to what God's all about. This is probably not where you'd want to begin. We don't come to any simple answers today 
in our series. We're just confronted with this fact that we already know that bad things happen. It seems to wander to and fro around this earth tragedy, and we all experience it. So what does our faith have to say? Let's dig deeper over the next few weeks. Um, Let's dig deeper into our understanding about what our faith is really all about amidst tragedy. Let's examine ourselves. Let's examine our world through the eyes of our faith. Let's examine both blessing and tragedy through this faith. Let us ask, why do we believe what we believe? Do we believe God is good and all-knowing, all-powerful, all-present? And what is our faith all about when we know that bad things happen and God doesn't seem to stop them? With the Holy Spirit as our guide, I invite you to allow Job to speak. Speak to us and guide us toward a faith that is not based on external circumstances, but rather an inner conviction that seeks to expand our knowledge of how to be more Christ-like in our relationship and practice with every person we encounter, with the world itself. Let us allow our hearts to lead us into a stronger walk of faith where tragedies and even death can be transformed through the resurrection power of Jesus Christ present within us all. Let us acknowledge that we are born to trouble and then learn to cling to our faith amidst the tragedies of this life to have a hope no matter what. Amen. We thank you for joining us today and it is our hope have experienced the blessing of God through our time together. If you'd like to know more about our church community and its ministries, visit our website at sellersburgumc.com.